You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the indications for CAD-CAM materials. Our guest and expert in the field, Dr. Samuel Corey, a dentist in private practice in Fort Wayne, Indiana, specializing in high-tech and cosmetic dentistry for over 25 years. Dr. Corey is a recurring guest on a local television show called Docs on Call to answer questions and educate the community about dentistry. Dr. Corey, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Oh, thanks for having me back, Phil. My pleasure. Yeah, so your stuff's been really amazing. I mean, uh, the science that you go into is fabulous. It's almost like, uh, you know, you could be a professor on this stuff. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the last one you did was adhesion and looting, and you talked a lot about um, expectations as far as what we expect clinically to get out of using various types of looting and adhesive materials. The one before that was on material class, and you went over hybrid and composite CAD-CAM blocks, and that was excellent as well. The episode we're doing today is on indications, and my first question is, in general, where do hybrid composites fit in the CAD-CAM material armamentarium? Um, You have to understand uh, what makes a hybrid block separate and different from, let's say, a a ceramic block, like a a glass ceramic um, or a lithium desilicate, um, which we consider a high-strength ceramic, or... Then you can keep going uh, to what we call zirconia, which is the hardest material that we have. Which, and when I when I say that, Phil, what I'm talking about um, is megapascals of flexural strength. In, in other words, how resistant to fracture are these materials? You know, so when when you're talking about a hybrid material, you're talking they have a, a, a flexural strength somewhere in the neighborhood of about 260 MPAs up to about 320. Um, and so they're, they're fairly resistant to fracture differently than what we would call a high-strength ceramic or zirconia because those are very hard materials. A hybrid material is more resistant to fracture because they're resilient and they, they have a little bit of flex to them, um, which has some advantages that we will go into um, in a minute. Whereas you get to um, a glass ceramic, like a lucite reinforced uh, glass ceramic, which has about 160 MPAs of flexural strength, very similar to what we all know uh, porcelain fused to metal hardness would be. is very similar to that. So those are rated to do anterior teeth um, and maybe first premolar. Anything second premolar and posterior, you don't want to use a glass ceramic. You know, so what do you do there if you want to go with something that's a little harder? You go with your lithium silicate. Um, you go to your zirconia reinforced lithium silicate, um, or you go to your zirconia. And and they all have different um, clinical situations where you might want to use one over the other. I kind of think of it um, back to the day when I was a when I was a child, and I used to watch my father. He was a repairman. And, you know, I used to just be, you know, enamored by the way he could just fix anything. And whenever he had this certain uh, appliance that he was working on, if it required this special tool, something I've never seen before, you know, he would just reach down and, you know, he would have that tool that he needed. And I think for dentists, especially CAD-CAM dentists, um, that's kind of what I feel like, you know, we do when we look at a situation, you know, is this patient a bruxer or a grinder? 
you know, if I put a material that's really brittle on this tooth, are they just going to break it or are they going to do a lot of damage to their opposing tooth because they grind all the time? So do I want to use a zirconia or a lithium disilicate or do I want to use a material that's going to be a little more forgiving, more more in line with what Dent does, you know, the same hardness and same flex flexibility as what Dent has, you know. So it's a case-by-case -case clinical situation, um, but it's really nice to have all these materials in your toolbox to be able to pull out. When I when I first started CAD CAM dentistry over 20 years ago, Phil, we had three products to choose from, and that was it. Right. You know, and to, today, I mean, we we each manufacturer has two or three products of their own that we can choose from. You know, so it's a different world that we live in today, um, but it's exciting, and and I keep looking forward to things getting better and better. Yeah, I mean, that's one reason why the manufacturers are offering all this stuff is there are a lot more dentists doing CAD CAM. So uh, it's it's typical supply and demand stuff as well. Um, exactly. So you you gave us a pretty good answer to that first question. Let me ask you this question. Can hybrid composites be used both for anterior and posterior indications? If you can elaborate on that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the indication um, for the majority of hybrids, except for one, um, you can do um, inlays, onlays, uh, crowns, veneers um, in the posterior and the anterior. Um, there's this one product that had um, some failures uh, several years ago where they don't recommend uh, it's not indicated for crowns anymore, but, um, but as a whole, hybrids can be used um, in any clinical situation. It's just as a provider, you want to make sure that you're giving your patient exactly what um, they desire. And what I mean by that is if you're going to be doing um, an anterior crown, on a patient who's had ceramic work done where they've um, either done a, like a lithium desilicate a restoration where they cut back and did porcelain where it has the translucency um, and color sh uh, shading and characterization and glazing, um, you're going to have a hard time trying to make that patient uh, satisfied by using a hybrid. And, and it, it, just because you can't fire that product and you can't, Plays that product. You can only hand polish that product, and it does. Most of them hand polish very well. Um, there's one that I use that that polishes um, uh, above all the others, and 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 that is um, brilliant. Creos by Coltine. Um, but as a whole, uh, you know, I would say if you're working on someone who is a Bruxer. For instance, and they don't have a lot of anatomy, you know, you look in the mouth and you see just these flat teeth with no cusp. Um, and th those are the funny ones, Phil, because you look in their mouth and you say, you know, you grind your teeth and they look at you with all sincerity and they say, uh, no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, well, yeah, you are, you know, but, you know, you're not going to argue yes, with them. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what do you do in that situation? Do you actually put even a harder material on that tooth, a zirconia that's even going to be harsh, more harsh uh, to the antagonist or the opposing? Um, or do you go with a material that's going to be just as resistant to fracturing, but it's going to be much kinder to the opposing dentist? And then give, and, them, and, a night, and then give them a night guard, right? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. If they wear, or, or you know, they leave them out and let their dogs eat them, you know, right. then you got to make them another one, you know. Right. But, but yeah, you know. So th those are interesting. The, the the other 
A nice thing about hybrids is, which we haven't touched on yet, is, is um, restoring implants. You know, a natural tooth, um, unless it's had endo, it has a nice, healthy periodontal ligament. And those ligaments pretty much act as like a shock absorber. You know, they keep the tooth healthy and vital, and, 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 but, you know, there is a little bit of compressibility to that root of the tooth when a patient bites down and, and compresses, you know, that allows movement. Now, you know, it's not enough movement that you can visibly see or a patient can feel, um, but it's there. And when you do an implant, there's no biological attachment um, with the ligament to an implant. What you, you got a very rigid, you know, bone to implant integration. And so how do you get back that natural movement of, of a PDL or try to get back to something that's, that, you know, has been uh, the adjacent teeth, like the mesial dis distal tooth, because those teeth are still going to be moving. But then you have this implant that you're going to restore that is not going to be moving. So how do you handle those situations? And one of the nice ways to handle that is using a hybrid material on an implant. Um, it doesn't really give you back, obviously, the full function of a, of a PDL, but it is going to be much kinder to the implant when you function on that crown. All the forces are not going to propagate down to the crestal bone around, around the neck of that implant and you're not going to get bone loss around that. You're, at least you're not going to get as much bone loss um, around the implant if you're using a, a hybrid material. And um, as far as the advantages of hybrid composites for inlays and onlays, any specific advantages, and how do they compare to this using ceramics for that? Well, you know, inlays uh, and onlays are um, pretty much replacing about 80 to 90 percent dentin. You know, so when you go into a cavity prep, when you're doing an onlay, for instance, you know, um, enamel, even on the occlusal surface uh, on a molar, enamel is only two millimeters thick, maybe two and a half millimeters thick. You know, so once you once you drill through the enamel, what you're removing is is dentin. Now, whether it's decayed dentin or healthy dentin, um, you know, it's still dentin. You, you're removing the majority of the prep uh, is dentin. So you might as if you're going to be replacing that, you might as well replace it with a material that is very similar and has all the properties of dentin. And when I talk about the property, I'm talking about the modulus of elasticity of a hybrid material and how it compares to um, dentin over enamel. And, you know, it just makes sense to me that if I were actually replacing um, what I was removing, I would I would replace it with a material that was very similar to what I just took away. So, so using a ceramic, it's going to the modulus is going to be higher, which means it's going to be yeah. stiffer, and it's not going to align as well with the dentin. And uh, you did mention that uh, you're saying that when you're doing inlays and outlays, you're removing 80% of the dentin in that range. The, the word dentin might have been cut off to our listeners, so I'm just making sure that you we uh, elaborate on that. Does that make is that what I said was correct? Yes. Okay. So our goal is to uh, match the uh, modulus of elasticity of dentin as close as we can. And although ceramics have been used for years, um, I'm not sure they've caused fractures, but um, why not have a more yeah. uh, harmonious uh, relationship between the dentin and the restoration if we can use a restoration that has a, uh, a, lower, a lower modulus of elasticity? Exactly. And, and, and like you said, I mean, you know, over the last 20 years of 
of utilizing CAD CAM in my practice, I've placed over 15,000 um, ceramic onlays. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and they're and I'm in no way am I saying they're they're bad. Um, but what I'm saying, you know, is now that we have a product that is more similar to the actual tooth material that we're removing, um, it just makes sense to me to go with that material. And you know, like we touched on before, not on on this segment, but you know, the repairability of that product um, also gives it a huge, significant advantage. Yes. Yeah, that was absolutely. So a little chip or something, you go in there, and you can repair it with composite and it will bond right. right to it. Yeah. And that's that's right. a that's a huge thing. So to wrap up this podcast, um, let me ask you this question. When would a hybrid composite material be the best choice for a full crown? Oh, when you're when you're talking about uh, someone who, you know, clinically bruxes their teeth um, or it even just clenches their teeth together, you know, because not only are you getting enamel wear and tooth wear, you're also seeing a breakdown from that force um, periodontally. You're seeing recession. You're seeing uh, clinical attachment loss. You're getting some bone loss. You might even be developing um, some pockets, ex- expanded PDLs, hypersensitivity, all, all, all of the things involved with putting too much pressure on a tooth. And, then, and there have been, um, Phil, sometimes clinically where um, my first choice was to use a lithium desilicate um, crown on a patient and delivered it. Everything, everything was ideal, perfect when we delivered it. And then we have a patient come back um, two weeks for a post-op and they're, they're um, having difficulty functioning on the tooth. They're, they're pressure sensitive. And so you got to wonder, okay, what's going on here? You know, you look at the occlusion. The first thing you want to do is maybe check the occlusion, see if they're they're hitting it heavy or or everything like that. And then and then once you do a little investigative work, you realize it's not the occlusion. What what exactly going on here? You know, um, so you take the crown off and you put them in a provisional. And as soon as you put them in a provisional, the pain goes away and they can function. You know, so. You know, what that's telling you is, you know, their periodontal ligaments, which we covered, um, and the actual periodontal health of that tooth can't tolerate a material as stiff as a lithium desilicate or a zirconia material. You put the provisional, which is strictly plastic, a PMA material on there, and all of a sudden, you know, the pain goes away and they can function, you know. So then we've taken those patients out of the temporary, put them into a hybrid material and they're fine you know and so it's it's looking now at a clinical situation case by case reviewing the radiographs looking at the pdls and then determining what what's the best material to use and a lot of the time um, a hybrid um, is a material to use in, in a situation like that mm-hmm. when you say look at the pdls are you looking for a thickened pdl on the x-ray exactly yeah you know if you can see a space between the lamina dura and the root mm-hmm. um, radiographically, you're not supposed to see that radiographically. And, you know, so that I always want the, what the way I make it where my patients understand that as, is, you know, if you think about like uh, one of these weightlifters that go in the gym and all they do is curls all the time and they want that big bicep, you know, they curl and curl and curl, then they get that big muscle. Well, when you're clenching and bruxing, you're, you're overworking that ligament. And now we can see the space, mm-hmm. there's inflammation and there's a buildup uh, of, of the ligament there that we can actually radiographically see that, which causes hypersensitivity and everything that you're experiencing. And then when you put it like that, they get it. Right. Um, 
you know, and then like you said in one of the other segments, get them in a hybrid material and then get them in a night guard. Right. There you go. There you go. Uh, that's been great information, Dr. Corey. Um, we have you on one more podcast coming up shortly on economics of, of using these materials. Just out of curiosity, for the most part, in your practice, are you using hybrid composite for the most part, or are you using uh, an even distribution of uh, ceramics and, and hybrid composites or what? Yeah, we're using the even distribution because we, we do um, a lot of cosmetic work mm -hmm. um, here. So whenever we're doing a full-on, like, anterior case, um, and what like the aesthetic zone, which I like, you know, from two, number five to 12 or even further back. Um, if we're doing a case like that, we'll use a ceramic material then we cut it back and, and we apply porcelain to that. And, and then we get that real nice, you know, translucency mm -hmm. to the material, which you can't, you can't do with a hybrid. Um, but, you know, I would say if you look overall at our, at the practice and the restorations or units that we do, I would say it's about a 50, 50 split. All right. So basically, at this point in time, you need to have those hybrid composite materials in your practice. Your practice yeah. depends on it. Oh, yeah. It's like like that story I told you about my dad. You want to have that in your toolbox just right. in case you need it. Right. Right. OK, well, that's excellent. And um, we appreciate your time and I hope our listeners appreciated this great information. We'll be having you on another one soon, as I mentioned. Uh, thank you very much for this one. Thank you, Phil.